Welcome back to the Below Average Joe's MMA Show. Today, we will discuss UFC Vegas 83. Yes, we are now closing in on UFC Vegas 100. Maybe sometime next year we get to that number. But uh, today, it is headlined by Song Yadong, the number seven ranked bantamweight in the world, taking on Chris Gutierrez, the number 15 ranked bantamweight in the world. It's sure to be an action-packed. Uh, main event for sure with a very good co-main event. So we're going to break down all of that and any other quick hitters on the card. Plus one very fresh fight announcement has just came to the Twitter page right as I hopped into the studio. So we'll talk about that at the very end as we get going on today's MMA weekend preview. At just 26 years old, Song Yadong, the number seven ranked bantamweight in the world, will be entering his 13th UFC fight and his third straight UFC main event when he takes on the 15-ranked Chris Gutierrez, both riding momentum, both with a lot at stake as we head in to the 2024 year. How's it going to go? What's on the line? The X's and O's and much more. Let's discuss. So as I just alluded to, both these guys having momentum, both having won four of their last five fights. The only loss for Song Yadong was in his first UFC main event back in September of 2022 against Corey Sanhagen, where he did get stopped at the end of the fourth round due to a doctor stoppage. Corey banged him up real good in that one, had him sliced and diced. But he bounced back in a big way, and it hurt me a little bit because he beat my boy, Ricky Simone. War, Ricky, it's always been that way on this show. But he had a fantastic performance. He finished him in the fifth round in what was a pretty much flawless night for Song Yudong to bounce back off of a devastating loss to a top contender in Corey Sanhagen in what would have been around six months later in a main event to Ricky Simone and then put on a masterclass performance in his own right, says all you need to know about Song Yudong and the potential that he has. He is a championship caliber fighter. I believe that he can reach the epitome of this sport. We're seeing him accomplish these things and rack off victories over Again, Ricky Simone, Marlon Marais, Marlon Vera even. He's doing this all, and he's only 26 years old. He beat Marlon Vera three years ago. When he was only 23 years old, he beat the now number one contender who was fighting for the belt in March against Sean O'Malley. And I think he is not even in his prime yet. He's still on the outside looking in. He still has so much to learn and so much to grow and do. I do think that this man will be fighting for a title one day. He may just be holding the title. Now, he's in a division that is absolutely loaded from top to bottom. I think men's 135 pounds is the best weight class in all of mixed martial arts right now. Yes, even ahead of lightweight, in my opinion, as we are rolling into 2024. Big-time spot here. This is his chance to win back-to-back -back main events to continue solidifying his name, beat another seasoned veteran, and Chris Gutierrez. But for Chris, having also won four of his last five, the only loss was to Pedro Munoz back in April of this year. I believe he had a short notice kind of mismatch. I can't, I can't remember if he was supposed to fight someone. I think he was, and then that opponent fell through. I Let me know if you remember who it was. I'm blanking on who it was supposed to be. And in stepped uh, Haley Alatang and Gutierrez got a very good decision victory. That was in October. He's back again. Quick turnaround now. Going to be fighting on December 9th this Saturday. Leg kick city. Some of the most deadly leg kicks there is. Very underrated power. Very underrated fighter. 
honestly, both these guys are supremely underrated, and I think that's what makes this fight so special. I think that's what makes it so intriguing because you have two world-class top 15 guys in the best division in the sport that are underappreciated and undervalued under everything are these two guys here. And this is a big opportunity for them to continue solidifying themselves to climb the ranks, especially for Chris Gutierrez. You got that big spot against Frankie Edgar. You knocked him out in Madison Square Garden, put him into retirement, but then you lose that next step up against Pedro Munoz. Again, bounce back, but it was against a short notice replacement. This is the test against a top 10 opponent for Gutierrez here facing Song Yadong. I think this is going to be very fan-friendly from start to finish. I could see it going 25 minutes. I could see someone getting put out in the first round. That's just the type of action that I feel like we're going to be dealt here from the opening bell, and that makes it very exciting to be a fight fan, to be ready to tune in to UFC Vegas 83 on Saturday night. Let me know what you guys think. Give me your predictions for this Bantamweight fight. If you think it's going to be a banger, who you think is going to win, how you think they're going to get it done, if you're doing any betting action on this card. And I don't want to get out of here with just discussing the main event because we have a pretty solid co-main event. Figure might as well hit them both at the same time for you guys. So stay tuned because we have number eight ranked Anthony Smith, short notice, coming in on, a I think, two weeks against number 11 ranked Khalil Roundtree Jr. at light heavyweight. Both of these ranked light heavyweights are coming in having both got their last victories in August of 2023, yet it feels like both of them in terms of momentum is so much different. For the 35-year-old Anthony Smith, he does come in off of a victory, but before that having lost back-to-back -back fights against Magomed Ankalaev and Johnny Walker. Now before that, he did have three straight victories, so he's kind of had these runs in his career, right, where he had the Wins and losses at middleweight, came up to light heavyweight, went on a streak, got a title fight against John Jones, lost there, had a couple losses to Teixeira and Rockage, and then enters this kind of era we're in right now with Anthony. I love the Lionheart. I still think, by the way, that he should be on commentary. That is the next fighter turn commentary that I need for the UFC is Anthony Smith. But I digress. Always in fun fights. The one he just had with Ryan Spann in August was a little weird, but it got kind of crazy at certain moments as well. A lot of people just thought, including myself, that there would be a big finish, and it somehow made it to a decision where he did get the victory in a split decision over Spann, and he's now 2-0 against Superman. But it, it just feels like still we're at this point with Smith where how much is there left in the tank? Does he want to continue to try and climb the ranks, beat prospects, if you will, in a Khalil Roundtree. I know Khalil's been around for a little bit. He's 33, but he's absolutely surging right now, and we're going to get into that. Does he want to keep having matchups like this? I mean, hey, maybe he took this on two weeks' notice. Maybe he is about it. He wants to try one final time to get in to title contention. But I will tell you that it will not come easy. As I just said, how Khalil Roundtree is surging – not only is he surging, this is the best Khalil Roundtree that we've ever seen. He's won four straight fights, three of them by finish, some of them in just absolutely brutal fashion. He had an oblique kick, victory over Modestus Buskaskis that blew out his knee completely. He had a body kick finish against Carl Roberson. He knocked out Chris Dawkins just sensationally, truthfully, back in August. My goodness, he spoiled the light heavyweight debut, as a matter of fact, of... Chris Dawkins. Roundtree 
is a powerhouse. He is so dangerous. And traditionally, historically, Anthony Smith is a very durable guy. Again, just see the fight that he had with Ryan Spann, where I thought there were moments in that fight that it looked like he didn't want to be there anymore when he had been hit to the body, but he stuck through it and got a victory. This is going to be a good fight. I think this is a very much earned opportunity for Khalil Roundtree. He was supposed to fight, I believe, number 14 or number 15, ranked Azamat Merzokhanov. He fell through because it was supposed to be last week's uh, card. Fell through to injury. This is a much bigger opportunity. Not only is he fighting someone up in the rankings at number 8 now with Anthony, but someone with a much bigger name who's fought for a title, who has the respect of a lot of fans and fighters. Seems like, by the way, a lot of fans hate on Anthony Smith. No one I never really quite understood that. So just explain to me if there is a really specific reason you hate Anthony Smith. But um, I think this is going to be a good, good fight and a big opportunity for Khalil to really tell people like, hey, you know, yeah, I've been getting knockouts, but against people on the outside looking in, but he did beat even Dustin Jacoby. I know that's the lone fight of this win streak that went the distance. Dustin Jacoby is a good win to have on your resume here. So he was in a spot at one point where in January of 2021, he lost and had was at a point where he had lost three out of four fights. And now he is in the best spot of his career in the prime years of his career at 33 years old. He wins here against Anthony Smith. He really launches himself into contender status in a spot where he could be one or two wins away from a title shot. And I think that's a spot where a lot of people once thought he could never get to. And I think even for Khalil, he was once in that space. He's had the discussions of his mental health struggles and the battles that he's had with this sport and with his life. And he has really just made a switch. And I think it is showing right now in his career and if he makes it five in a row against Anthony Smith, what a story it would be. So that's it for the main event. Number seven ranked Song Yudong versus number 15, Chris Gutierrez. Bantamweight banger for five rounds or as long as it lasts. And number eight ranked Anthony Smith. Number 11 ranked light heavyweight Khalil Roundtree in the co-main event. It's a very good back-to-back -back spot. Wanted to pair them together here for you guys. And now that we're done with the main event and co-main event, I did just want to get into some quick hitters on the rest of UFC Vegas 83. We have a short notice, but very, very fun flyweight scrap here. It's actually taking place at Bantamweight because of the fact that it is so short notice. But number... I believe now 10 ranked Tim Elliott versus number 11 ranked flyweight Sue Maderji. They're competing at 135, as I said, because of the short notice aspect of the fight, but a very fun one nonetheless. Tim Elliott always down for a scrap. I'll always talk about his title shot against Demetrius Johnson and how he gave DJ one of the hardest title defenses that he had in his UFC career. Sue Maderji has had good performances. He's had lackluster performances. He's had crazy fights, including the one with Matt Schnell. This fight could go a lot of different directions. Another fight that I think will probably be slept on is Nazarat Hakparast and Jamie Malarkey. Jamie's always in just dog fights, and Nazarat can definitely be in those, but he can choose to also methodically approach his fights, use his grappling to his advantage. Jamie's a very long, rangy, lightweight. Going to be interesting to see if Nazarat, a.k.a. Kelvin Gastelum's twin brother, can take advantage and, you know, kind of make do of the size difference here and get this to his world.
And then lastly, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Tatsuro Tyra, who somehow is still not in the top 15 at flyweight. I don't know what is going on. I mean, to be fair, I'm glad they're not overly pushing Tatsuro, but some of the fights that he's had booked are just a little bit iffy to me because he has looked pretty damn good in now four straight UFC fights. He has a few submissions to his name. He has good decisions under his belt. And now he's still fighting someone on the outside of the rankings looking in and Carlos Hernandez. Maybe this is the one where if he goes 5-0, and they'll kind of put him into the rankings or give him a ranked opponent next. To be fair, he's only 23, so I'm okay with a slow build. But it's weird because at flyweight, there's only so many types of fights that you can take, in, especially if you're winning, before you are in the ranked conversation. And Tatsuro has kind of just... Still not gotten there, and he's still buried on the prelims of another card. So I hope you guys tune into the prelims, the early ones at that, because Tatsuro Tyra is one of the best prospects in all of mixed martial arts, especially in the UFC, and especially at 125 pounds. So let me know what you think about this weekend's card. It's nothing too crazy, but it's a pretty solid fight night. I don't have any complaints for it, because especially when you take into account that one week from Saturday, we get UFC 296, a two-title fight, massive pay-per-view to finish the 2023 calendar. And before we get out of here, there is one new fight announcement hot off the presses right before I jumped into the studio today. I'm recording this on Wednesday afternoon. We are getting Caitlin Chukagian versus Macy Barber March 9th at UFC 299. 25 years old, Macy Barber is finally surging. She's finally hit that stride that we've been waiting to see from her since her debut on the Dana White Contender Series many years ago now at this point. She's one of the OGs of that show. Her last loss was to Alexa Grasso, the current flyweight champion of the world, and she hasn't looked back since. This win streak started a little iffy. Miranda Maverick arguably did beat her in a split decision back in July of 2021. But since then, the, the latter four have been progressively better and better and better until, bam, in June of this year, she finished Amanda Hebos in the second round in what was one of the best women's fights that I've seen in quite some time, one of the best women's fights of 2023. And for Caitlin Chukagian, at 34 years old, she still continues to just rack up wins. She's won four of her last five fights. The only loss came last October to Manon Fior. So this will be a very long layoff for Caitlin, one that we are really not used to seeing from her. It will be October 22nd of 2022 until March 9th of 2024. So a very long layoff for a very long and rangy women's flyweight fighter. So we'll see how she does off of that, coming in against someone who just has a massive momentum, massive upside in Macy Barber. This is a big test for Macy. He boss was, but I still feel like Amanda belongs at strawweight, and we saw with her last fight. She absolutely still belongs at strawweight when she finished Luana Pinheiro by a spinning back kick. So now, how will Macy fare with a literally you know, definition of a women's flyweight, former bantamweight fighter in Caitlin Jugagian. I think it's an interesting fight and something to keep in mind as we head into the new year with the title picture at women's flyweight. Still, you know, we're kind of waiting to see what they're going to do if they run back a trilogy with Alexa Grasso and Valentina. Then you have Manon Fior 
and Aaron Blanchfield, who I think should fight for the number one contendership status. Then after that, I feel like if Macy keeps winning, she'll be right in the discussion. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Scratch that. We have more than just one fight announcement. Good thing I recorded that first session on Wednesday because we had a couple more drop before I got the edits done for today's show. So we have one more big fight announcement and a fight denouncement. We start with the fight announcement for next week's card, December 16th, UFC 296. We originally were supposed to get the number six ranked Josh Emmett taking on Giga Chikadze, who was ranked number eight. Giga tore his groin in training and had to pull out from the fight. In steps, thug nasty Bryce Mitchell, the number 10 ranked featherweight in the world, coming off of a most recent victory over Dan Ige. He takes this fight on 10 days notice. Going to stay at 145 as far as I know as of now. Bryce probably doesn't walk around too heavy, and I'd imagine Josh Emmett was already in the weight-dropping process, being that he's such a muscular guy. So a very big switch-up because Emmett goes from facing someone known for you know, kicking and striking specifically to the complete opposite in Bryce Mitchell, who is known for his grappling and wrestling and submissions. We'll see if Josh Emmett can answer the call and get a big win on short notice. He's coming in off of that loss back in June to Ilya Toporia, and we saw where that has put Ilya into a title fight. And we'll see if Bryce Mitchell can continue this run that he's on, make his way into top five territory, which a lot of people have been thinking he's been able to do for quite some time. A win here on short notice will put him right in the conversation. And then the fight denouncement comes in the light heavyweight division. We were supposed to be getting a rematch between Jan Blahovich and Alexander Rakic. That was Rakic's first fight back since blowing out his knee against Jan Blahovich in their first fight. It looks like Jan had to pull out due to injury. Alexander Rakic has kind of requested and put out the calls for someone to step in. He wants to fight January 20th in Canada. Well, he did call for the samurai, as he said on Twitter. He wants the former light heavyweight champion, Yuri Prohaska. And Yuri acknowledged that and responded on Twitter saying he can't do January, but he can do February or March. And then Rakich responded back, tagged Dana and Mick Maynard, and said he wanted in February 17th, UFC 298, the same card where Volkanovski will headline against Ilya Toporia in the featherweight championship fight. So we will see if that fight does come together. But as of now, Blahovich versus Rakich 2 is off. Alexander looking for another opponent for his comeback fight. And now that's officially all that we've got for today's show. Um, I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you did, be sure to leave a rating on your audio platform of choice, including Spotify and Apple. It helps the show grow, and it is much appreciated. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at the MMA. And be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're in to shorter, more timely, quick-hitting, edited videos as well. So you can get the best of both worlds, whether you like long-form audio or shorter video content. Hope you guys enjoy the fights this weekend. Hope you all have a great weekend, just in general, even if you're not watching the fights. And I'll catch you guys on Monday for the MMA Weekend Recap.